You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. Today, I am here with Wendy Rivera, and she is the CEO of Do You Speak Bride? Wendy, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for making time for us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here with you, Nadine. So great. We are here together to talk about the upcoming retreat happening in Austin because Wendy is our keynote speaker for day one. So Wendy, how about you start by talking about what is Do You Speak Bride? What does that brand represent? Why was it started? And how are we going to learn from that brand that's kind of aimed towards stylists and, you know, you're coming in to teach us as seamstresses. So how does that message translate to seamstresses? Yeah, absolutely. So with Do You Speak Bride, it stemmed from my own experience of dealing with so many brides in the industry as a stylist. It, we, we started off with a philosophy of how to love and lead instead of manipulate and control. And in bridal, as anyone who's in the industry knows, it will, if you enter bridal with, with an idea that you need to either protect yourself or that it's going to be for you, then very quickly you'll get disappointed and, and slash jaded where then you, because you, you spend all of this time and money preparing in your mind for like, I'm going to make this amazing experience for this bride. She's going to come in. She's going to love these dresses. And these designers say, I need these dresses. So I'm going to have these dresses and this couch and this carpet. And I spend so much money on that aesthetic. And the bride is going to love me. The bride is just going to buy from me because I have done all of these things. And, mm -hmm. and unknowingly sometimes, like subconsciously, we have set ourselves up for a disappointment that is hard to wrap your head around because we're in our own world. And we just mm -hmm. expect since we've built this, the bride should respect it enough to not shop anywhere else, mm -hmm. to, to appreciate all the things we've put into it, to understand the amount of money we've spent, and to then, then say, thank you so much. I feel your love and I will buy the dress from you. <laughs> and it's, it's whether, you know, I think that the reason I can say that so confidently is that when I watch the reactions for, for people in the industry, it shows that that was somewhere in there, in that right. subconscious where right, it's like, right. I have I'm this doing... formula and here's the result. And that that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. right. Exactly. So what, what I stepped into when I stepped into the industry, there are so many amazing people in this industry. There are people here who literally do it because they love it and no other reason. They're not mm -hmm. making any money in it. They're not moving forward in their, their financial future in it. They just do it because they love it. Right. And somehow to some degree, there's also like almost a badge of honor that comes with that where it's like, but this is what we do. We've chosen this path and we love brides. Right. And you know, we're just going to take those punches and we're going to, so there's that person. And then there's people who are like, trying to control the bride at every point to force her down the path that that is best for them 
that is like, this is what I need her to be. I need to make sure I pre-qualify her, make sure she has enough money, make sure she brings the right people, make sure she only shops here. And we do everything we can to force her to only shop at a, a few places. And like, if like every behavior the bride is giving, we try to then find a rule or a policy or something to self It almost sounds a little manipulative, her. yeah. It is a little bit. And then we wonder why there's angst between us. It's, it's yeah. A, yeah. there's that feeling that brides are there to take from us sometimes where it's like, they're yeah. going to waste our time and not appreciate us. And I get it. Like I, I get it. I mean, the first bride I ever helped, oh my goodness. Like it was a <laughs> three hour. I was remember her. <laughs> That's right. It was her third yeah. wedding. And I think she was 30 and her daddy was paying for this one as well. And she was so into looking at herself and she treated me like dirt under her feet. And I kept thinking, I'm just going to serve her and she's going to, she's going to buy. I know it because I'm going to just blow her mind with how I am just tireless at serving her. And I came away from that going, that is not a healthy relationship. For, for either of us, that is not right. healthy. So I started to develop very quickly because we get to work with brides in quick succession in the bridal boutique, which is a little bit different than sometimes in other parts of the industry. Right, so right. we get to go through these cycles faster, I think, mm -hmm. than, than some. So, right. and, and the bride does behave in similar ways, totally. brides do. So they have, they have the same hangups and the same desires and the same hopes and stuff like that. I mean, there's differences as you get to the nitty gritty, but there's sure. so much that's the same that you face as a seamstress, we face as stylists, mm -hmm. venues face, photographers face. You're going through almost Groundhog Day sometimes where right. you're like, I just had this conversation and I just yeah. said it this way. So in that we can perfect it. We can find the, the, the parts where we're saying what we think needs to be said and watch how the bride does not receive it, how it doesn't sink in or the timing of when we say things and how it, she totally forgets what we've said or the in in with bridal gowns the emotional stakes are so high um yes, yes. and so mom's emotional stakes and sisters and aunts and grandmas and friends and mm -hmm. all of those people that have to be there for those appointments for her that's important to her and yet many times they're saying things that are derailing things for the bride they're not helping her and so finding the ways to not disenfranchise them, but to, to help connect them. And to, so I, my focus in the industry, I say I'd like to say, my focus in the industry became more and more crystal clear to me. And that was that my job is not to sell a dress. My job is to create, facilitate, define and protect life moments. And if I can do those four things, and I'll add one more would be capture to capture those life moments. But like, if I focused on that, then my, my mental energies were going into learning better the people that were coming in and how I can facilitate them to connect with each other more, how I can hear them and let them know they're heard and yet not let them take over, how I can realize their good motivations, even though they're saying things that are derailing, what is their motivation? So how right. can I go from their motivation and take them where they actually want to go? Mm -hmm. How can I take the mom and bride who are in conflict and they don't like the same things and help bring them together in a way that keeps the bride's vision foremost, but not over top of necessarily right. the mom's. So I mm -hmm. keep 
focusing in on the people themselves and their relationship. And slowly but surely, like as I started in the industry, I was a part-time consultant, ended up out, you know, just outselling everyone of the full times as well. And then I did that at, at three different boutiques over different places where I moved or, you know, mm-hmm. one time I was there at one shop for the four months of that second semester getting my master's degree. Yeah. I thought I was going into drama and music, but that's funny. I did mm-hmm. not. <laughs> I mean, I do still do music, but yeah. <laughs> but so th- that was like a four month thing. After my husband and I got married, there were two other times I needed a part-time job. And so for a short stint, I would be a part-time stylist. I thought it was just mm-hmm. a fun thing. Yeah. But as I, you were like blowing everybody out of the water with like your two hours a week. That's it. That's right. It was, it was one of those things to where they started saying, could you stay after and teach us what you're doing? Wow. Cause I'm you're watching... like, you have the magic, the secret sauce. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm watching the stylists get frustrated when they get to the end of an appointment. And then the mom says we should sleep on it or we should mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Or, or the sister is always focused on her wedding that just happened or, you know, all these things that yeah. frustrated stylists, because if they said something, they felt they were being salesy. And so then they sat quietly as doormats and didn't like that position either. Mm -hmm. And so they felt robbed. You're coming in to waste my time, waste my time, waste my energy. And so when you feel that way towards any individual on this earth, you quickly don't want to spend any more time with them. Right. You, and I think too, you can't, you can only hide that so well, you know what I mean? It's like. A thousand percent. Unspoken, like the nuances, the things, the the nonverbal cues. <laughs> yes. We think we're hiding it and we're so not hiding it right, for real. Right. And so I I started helping the people that I was working with, just talking through some of the philosophies of it and how to approach people and how to celebrate the bride. And and then the more I would talk about it, the more questions they would have. But what about this situation? What about this situation? So I just started codifying what I was doing so that I could help, you know, other people. But then I wasn't at that shop very long. And I thought that was the end of that. It wasn't until, you know, in 2012, we started our own boutique and which we, we should have never done. We never, we didn't have the money to do that. We didn't realize we didn't have the money to do that. Was this in Fredericksburg? That's right. Where was that? Okay. In Fredericksburg. That's right. So we started with nothing and just leaned into the things that we knew, which were people and production. You say and, we, do you mean like you and your husband? Like this was yes. like a point, like, okay, we're doing the thing to, wow. My, my husband and I, we part, my sister and her husband were the ones that gave us the initial money to start. And just it, when I think of how much that was, I, I, I can't even go to market right now. And with one small designer, have that amount like mm-hmm. it's it was not we had chairs we got for free from a yard sale and we painted them and recovered them and we like it was my production <laughs> background that created Let's build a production <laughs> with on a shoestring like that was it but but people and production and bringing the wow in shows we knew and that's all we had no money for marketing So it was every bride we had to connect with deeply and we had to show her how valuable she was and and tell our story of of what the shop was and why it was special to her so that she then becomes an evangelist for our brand. Mm -hmm. And it was taking care of each one. It's like not looking at, well, where should we market? We don't have any money to put towards that. It's going to have to be individually built. And now we're in a five, we're, our our business in Fredericksburg is $5 million um, a year right now. It's like, it's, grown exponentially 
Why? Because we are constantly focused on how to value the bride, Mm. how to keep her safe and empowered and informed and protected in all the ways and communicated to in ways that don't cause unnecessary conflict, Mm. unnecessary hiccups. Mm. So the communication that we teach to boutiques all over the world is so much that like, here are the scenarios, here's what you can say and why, here's why you can say it in this way and why this other way is killing you. Yes. Like, and I love it, how you do give specifics. You yeah. have a lot of role-playing involved in your trainings yes. because I think that's where we get stuck is like, okay, but this is the line that she comes to us with, or like, this is, yes. the, or this is when I feel, this is when I get sweaty in an appointment or like, that's right. you know what I mean? It's like, okay, so that's this right. is a trigger and this is how you can respond Yes. And plan ahead. So it's kind of cool how there's like literal you spoon feed lines. That, that's right. Like here <laughs> is what to say. And I will tell you, timing is no small part of that. Mm. So one thing I found, I would get into an appointment early on and then the end of it would go awry or something. And I would be like, boy, I did not like how I handled that. I don't mm. like what I just said. Let me, ch- I'm going to change that. And I, so it's in that arena where it was developed. And then I would find myself naturally in some settings saying a certain thing. And then I'd go, I'm going to hit save on that. That was it. That was the right thing. For instance, I'll give you for instance. So like, this is a small, easy one where a bride comes in and she looks at this dress on the rack and she says, oh my goodness, I love this dress. And then she wants to try it on. So she tries it on. And then she looks at you and says, do a lot of people get this dress? Is this a popular dress? Yeah, it's my top seller. Everybody's wearing it actually. So, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're you're in a little conundrum where you're like, if I say no, then she feels it's not a desirable dress. Mm-hmm. If I say yes, then it's too many people have it. Yeah. So there's you feel a little bit like stuck, right? And there's the, that's a moment where stylists don't love that moment. So being able to say to her, let me tell you, we have brides all the time wanting to try this dress, but this dress has to hit you perfectly. It has to hit you perfectly. So watching how this cut fits on your frame, oh my goodness, you're nailing it. Yeah. That's, it's popular, yeah. but it's unique. Yeah. So it's codifying simple things like that, that if we can empower stylists with, they don't have the hiccup and the obstacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it goes all the way to the difficult things. When I think of seamstresses, let me just say, I've worked with so many seamstresses now in my career in bridal. And I, whenever I go to a shop and I get to meet the seamstress, the first thing out of my mouth is, this is where the magic happens. Like, That's y- right. That's you right. are the magic makers. <laughs> I have the utmost respect <laughs> for what seamstresses do. And it will it will forever blow my mind. My mom is a seamstress. My sister is a seamstress. I am not a seamstress. And <laughs> I, I am a mean safety pinner. I can safety pin the fire out of something. All my Halloween costumes for my kids, all safety pin. <laughs> and my sister's like, Wendy, just sew what you just safety pin. I'm like, no, no, no. I can't. I can't. No, yeah. it's too permanent. Thread for stuff, me. You have to turn something on. It just, yeah, too many steps. How do you even thread it? How do you permanent. even thread it? Oh my <laughs> word. So, but, but it's this, and it's not just seamstresses, it's bridal seamstresses that are the mm-hmm. magic. It's the, 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 all the complications that mm-hmm. you guys have to deal with, but it is where the bride is actually, I'm not, she's notched it up sensitivity wise. So it's now to the more sensitive area, closer mm-hmm. to the wedding higher false expectations that she can come in oh, with. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. and what is now perfect. we're contouring the dress to her body. Yes. So it is now the focus is on her. Then she comes in with the expectations of, you know, oh, you can't make me look like I'm six sizes smaller or that I have a butt or whatever. Yep. <laughs> it's, yep. it's definitely more vulnerable. Than, That's right. Yeah. And she, and bless her, she, she's looking at all of these pictures that have been manipulated. And so her expectations of how low that back can go in a way that still cinches her waist is off because she sees the picture and she's like, that's what I want it to look like. Right. Yeah. And, or and my strap will fall off. Yes. Okay. You just opened a whole Pandora's box because the low back thing is such an issue right now. We cannot wait for that trend to go away. So yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so what yeah. I find with seamstresses, because so many times we will come in to help communicate between the bride and the seamstress, because I find with seamstresses oh. many times this, they have so much knowledge and this is their personal work. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it can be tricky for them to totally verbalize the knowledge necessary for the bride to understand in a way that brings her security and not frustration. Right. right. So security, not frustration. Yes. Yes. And so I think, and and the fact that it's not that her dreams can't happen. And I think that's what she tends to hear is mm-hmm. that what she's wanting is a no, or, you know what I'm saying? And even though that's not what the seamstress is necessarily saying, she is trying to say what you think can happen with a dress is not exactly what can happen with this dress. So right. I think being able to communicate those things, the timing of communicating those things is super key. Because many times I find also seamstresses are chasing after what a bride wants mm-hmm. instead of leading a bride into having her expectations be correct. And so then she's excited. Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's, that's a nuanced game as well, because mm-hmm. if you communicate so much here in a controlling way, then she's not lit up and excited. And she feels like you've just got her in a box that she can't get out of. Mm-hmm. But if we communicate her to her in a way that says, I love what you love. Let me show you what's possible with this dress to show you what's, you know, to, mm-hmm. so we can nail what you love. This dress does this, this, and this. I mean, I just, I know a pain point for seamstresses as well that I feel right along with them is when a stylist promises something that cannot be done. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, the stylist is blissfully unaware <laughs> and she's just making a dream come true. But <laughs> I've said to stylists all over the world, seamstresses listening, I've told them <laughs> it, is, it is easier to sell a fantasy dress mm. than it is to sell a dress that's right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. If you're a strong stylist, talk to the bride about the dress she has on, not about something you're trying to create in her mind, because right. what's in her mind is different than what is actually in your mind. And Absolutely. that's also different than what a seamstress can possibly do. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to be fully educated as a stylist to the degree that you are customizing. Your education mm-hmm. has to match mm-hmm. that customization promises because you cannot overpromise and underdeliver. Oh, and absolutely. very That's quickly, very scary. Seam- yeah, yeah. Uh, and very quickly, a seamstress will be like, I'm sorry, that stylist promised you something that is not possible. And they have to say, because they're not able to do that, right? Well, then that makes the shop look bad. And so the relationship doesn't get strengthened. Right, so when right. you and I were talking, our heart for positive belief in how we can communicate well with brides to, to value them and make their dreams come true and keep the relationship between boutique and seamstress strong, mm-hmm. it was exciting. It was like, this yeah. needs to be talked about. Yes, this needs yeah. to be you know, connected. 
better. Yeah. So yeah. I think and I, so the the first day of the retreat is all about the dreams of the bride. And you already touched on so many of these points because they come to us with a full dream package. And we're just like one piece of that. Like the dress mm-hmm. is just one part of that, but it's also been something that they've been thinking about for like a decade. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. nothing new. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes all the pressure. And, and I, I see it a lot where it's like something like the ball gets dropped somewhere along the way, whether it's yeah. like in, on your website, in some kind of like social media post or some communication is dropped along the way, or an expectation is set up along the way. And then you know, we see the brides for three appointments most of the time. You know what I mean? It's not just like, okay, pick up the dress. And you're right. Like, so that relationship, there's so many key points. And like you said, opportunities that can be missed. And then when we miss the yes. opportunities, it's like, okay, now I'm kind of backtracking, tracking to like, make sure I can mend this and she leaves, yes. you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's so much about feeling into and creating safe spaces for the bride to say what she's thinking. Because I think sometimes we can feel that because she didn't say anything, she's on board. And Mm -hmm. so then we leave and we have two very different impressions of where we are. And the bride is very, I think I find with brides, I I don't know if anybody, if if most people agree with me in the industry or not on this, but I find with brides, they they don't want to be a bridezilla. Mm -hmm. And they think speaking up, makes them a bridezilla yes and so then the only time they do speak up is when they've reached a very tense anger point almost yeah Yeah. and so then it comes out like this and then we're like what's your problem we've been great friends you know Mm -hmm. and that can be tricky as well so early on creating that openness to hear what she's saying to see speak back to her to then free her again to speak into what we're saying to show her what dialogue looks like I mean Mm -hmm. all of us have so much baggage in our life with growing up, you know, uh, our different families and friends, we have different ways that we've learned to communicate for good or for bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it can be hard for people to know what it is to communicate well. And yes, I think that yeah. if we can lead with that transparency, that hope, that excitement for what they are wanting, and then clarity. So we teach a lot with stylists how to open your face because it's just an important thing. It brings so much security. If you open your face, which is basically just raise your eyebrows and have an expression on your face that says, oh my goodness, you're going to love this information. Mm-hmm. Like that feeling makes someone pay attention just a little bit more, gets them excited to hear instead of this kind of expression. So yeah, you just showed us the difference between open face and then kind of like yes. a drop countenance. So the difference okay. between like your open face and that drop countenance is really, it's noticeable. And it's one of those things that we don't, think of I mean I do think of it I will say that I do because yes. I'm a teacher I'm a singer like yes that's how I like set my face like my singing onset so I feel like that's it's right. always on, but, that's, <laughs> but right. it's like, oh, that's not something that everybody thinks about <laughs> it's it's just the moment where they think they're about to communicate something that will be disappointing to the mm-hmm. to the bride mm-hmm. that's when that expression comes when they feel like the next word that they want to say naturally is unfortunately so it and so in bridal, in the language of bride that, that we talk about, like, unfortunately is a swear word, like yes. that turns brides off immediately. So instead of, unfortunately, we say the word, so, and we go into the information. Sometimes it's so great question this. And then we, but see so your face is open because mm-hmm. otherwise it just looks like a soft, like, so unfortunately we like, for instance, do you see the difference? So yes. it's like, for instance, when they say our alterations included in the dress. 
and the stylist no, has to be like, you can hire a great <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the stylist immediately feels like I'm about to say no to something that is concerning her finances and that's not good. So there's a, a natural, you know, so they'll be like, so unfortunately it's, it's separate from the dress or whatever, but see, that's yeah. not unfortunate. It's a good thing for the bride. Yeah. If it were included in the dress, she may be paying for something she doesn't need because mm-hmm. that cost is coming somewhere. Right. So that if they're adding that to the cost of the dress, then she may be. So, so there's a positive way to think about it. And mm-hmm. that's one of the four pillars in bride country, celebration, security, positivity, and stories. Those are the four pillars. And if you filter all of your language, it has to hit those. So when we say to her about her, when she says our alterations included, open your face, know that your thought is a positive thought because it's mm-hmm. a good thing to communicate and be like, so great question. So they're not included with the dress, but do you see my face? Yeah. It's got to stay open. So it's mm-hmm. like, so they're not included with the dress and it's for this reason. We never want you to pay for something that you actually don't need done to the dress. Mm-hmm. So there are different things for every right. bride in their fittings that they would need. And if you don't need it done, girl, don't yeah. have it done. I That's think of great. steaming, so. like our steaming service, I charge for steaming and yes. everybody should be charging because it's like an extra hour of your life. And, yes. but that's another thing like, so is steaming included? No. Mm-hmm. Well, what if your dress doesn't need steaming? You want to have that like, you know, cushioned mm-hmm. into your invoice if you mm-hmm. don't need it. So, oh, that'd be a great example for us to kind of translate that example to seamstress life, you know, absolutely, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like we're getting so much just from this like conversation of you just describing your brand. So Mm. how are we going to dive in even more at the retreat? Like if this is just our podcast episode. Well, I feel like what tends to happen is people will hear these things and then they will go, okay, what do you do when? Yes. That okay. tends to be the next step. And so that just takes time to mm-hmm. go through it. But there's different points that I want to talk to them about too, about front loading, how to say specific things on the front end. Mm. This is simple yes, things. Yes, yes. yes. Simple things, you know? Yeah. So I think those are important. Before to the ball gets rolling, it's like. That's right. Yeah. Because a bride okay. thinks, a bride tends to think what I have found as I have watched all of this, a bride thinks I go to my first fitting and the second fitting is perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's just a natural thought. I don't know. Nobody knows where it comes from, but that's where it comes. <laughs> that's what happens. And so then she thinks somehow the seamstress has failed if it's not mm-hmm. done on the second one or that now we've got to do more and a little bit of anxiety starts to well up. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to do another. Even if we tell her on the front end, there's going to be three fittings. It's still, she's, she forgets much of that. And she still has an expectation that maybe hers will be perfect on the second. Mm-hmm. The only time you need a third is if it's not perfect on the second. Like it can... There's things in her mind that can go. So being able just to speak into those as much as possible on the front end in a short thing, but that sets those expectations to where you stay the expert all the way through. Yeah. Not that, you know what I mean? There's no, that's so frustrating, isn't it? That you are so expert at what you do and someone who is not could look at you as if you are not. And make you feel like you're not, Yes. which I, I, we don't want to admit that, but sometimes it's like, why, why am I squirming? Like, this is my, this is my house or this is my yes. shop. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, yeah. yes. They, I, they, and, and I think it's very personal to seamstresses, you know, different, even from a stylist selling a dress, this oh, is yeah. the seamstress's actual work. And mm-hmm. so it's easy for her to get into a self-defensive mode too, where she tries to defend the work. 
-hmm. And what the bride can feel is you're not hearing me or caring what I actually want. And so I know that there are moments like that, that I'm looking forward to speaking into as well, that, that I've kind of, you know, before have mediated between where I can, the seamstress is like coming at it super strong and the bride is coming. So why, where are those emotions coming from? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's personal to her. So protecting her as the expert is another thing I want to help the industry remember. Like Mm -hmm. if we don't value seamstresses, we are up a creek. Like we, it, it is such a necessary thing not to come in and in an effort to have the bride feel like somebody's on her side make the seamstress feel like she has no one defending her mm-hmm. and helping facilitate success for that and valuing her work. So I'm so excited about this retreat. I'm so excited about the summit afterwards. And I also know there's so much more that we as an industry can do mm-hmm. to help this relationship continue to strengthen, you know? Right, right. And I love how you touched on, you know, it doesn't need to be us versus them, whether it's like the stylist versus the seamstress or the, I mean, yes. you, know, you hear conversations or you see, you know, posts about seamstresses yes. complaining about their feeder stores. And it's like, we're on the same side, but yes. you have to kind of get upstream from it yes. instead of yes. like, waiting for a problem to come up. And then yes. you know, we're emotional and it's, yeah, it's almost like and we're tired. You know what I mean? So I'm, yes. I'm really excited. I think this will be a, a just a really healthy conversation a healthy way to start the year and once you implement these things why would your business not grow like yes. you're adding so much more value and yes. that then your brides are like I will pay whatever to work with this seamstress who gets right. me, listens the word spreads really quickly that it's like yes. you know she's the bride whisperer <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it it goes more, it goes farther than just here's how to talk to your bride. It's like yes. these tools affect your whole business model and your rep- yes. you know how you're represented in the community and the word of and mouth here's, right after and that. And here's mm-hmm. help to communicate to the boutique as well. Like that's something that we're going to dive into at the retreat. Like how mm-hmm. do you talk to your feeder boutique? Because that communication is super important. Like we have found yeah. where a bride has been suffering in her appointments uh, with the seamstress and the bride didn't reach out to us and the seamstress didn't reach out to us mm. and we could have helped. And I think there's that element. It's almost like when the bride goes to the seamstress, if the seamstress can remember, they've got a big support system in their yeah. boutique if they work that well to where mm-hmm. we can we can help keep that bride at a good emotional place oh, during yeah. that, you know, or, or whatever source totally lace yeah. or source, you know, my, my two biggest feeders. I mean, I have a great relationship with the stylist and with the, one of the stylists, she's getting married. So I get to like work in her dress this month. Oh, cool. And then I like, we have great texting conversations about, okay, Hey, I saw so-and-so want to give me the backstory. And it's very yes. mutually we're on, the, we're working for each other here. So yes. it's like, I had an incident uh, this past season where the bride had an expectation. I knew it didn't come from the shop, but Mm. I think she was trying to put us against each other, but she didn't know that I'm like, I got your number and I have the owner's number too. So, (laughs) so then it was like, it was kind of cool because, and the the shop isn't local. It's not super close to me, but the owner and I kind of had like, okay, if you respond this way, I'm going to respond this way. The bride was happy, felt cared for, and she didn't know yes. that we were both like, okay, what did you send? Okay, I'm going to send them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was like, I didn't feel alone. I knew, like, I had That's the shop right. backing me up. The shop knew 
I was backing them up. You know, That's I didn't right. think they were being deceitful in any way toward the bride or whatever they're being accused That's of. That's right. So, but those, it's because, you know, for the past few years, like I've been working on this relationship and building that trust and that appreciation. Mm. And so that started, like I said, like upstream. So when things come up, I don't yes. feel that angst. It's like, okay, let me, what's the backstory here? And it's, usually okay. So that it's so refreshing. <laughs> It's so refreshing because I feel like it's hard for seamstresses when all the, the only story they hear is from the bride. Mm -hmm. And so for the same with our boutique, like if a bride comes to us and is like filling our ear with how horrible her experience was with the seamstress that we know, our first move is to like hear, empathize, and then be like, you know what? I'm going to touch base with the seamstress because it matters to us. Our relationship, our, our past with her has been so strong. She is amazing. We know her skill. We know what she does. And so I, I really want to, to kind of talk through this and, but I will circle back with you for sure. Thank you for sharing this with me. And we're going to, you know, I'll, I'll circle back with you, but I want to support that. We, we believe in who we referred, right? Cause right. that affects us as well. Like mm -hmm. we have to say, these people are the best at the, of the best and we, they're amazing. And this yeah. is very unusual for me to hear. So mm -hmm. let me check on this and I will definitely circle back with you, mm -hmm. but asking the seamstress, and then you get the full story from the seamstress. Right. Right. And then you're like, wow, two <laughs> very different perspectives. And so I know seamstresses <laughs> feel that all the time with brides, they'll come in and they're like, and maybe the dress is too small or the dress is too big. And the seamstress's mm -hmm. first sometimes feeling is, well, they ordered this dress too small for you, right. or they ordered this dress too big for you, which hurts the brand of the store. When mm -hmm. if you were to ask the store or the seamstress or the stylist, well, the bride said she was going to lose weight or the exactly. bride said, the bride you know, she was, yes. Yeah. 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 That's oh, right. There's always, I mean, there's two sides to every story and it's, it, I think it always kind of comes down to like giving people the benefit of the doubt, yes. like just in life. That's always a great you know, rule of thumb. Mm, it's like, so good. there's always more to the story. And like, it just changes your perception of people, perception of the situation. Yes. And in those, in those moments, it's like, sometimes people will take that truth and be like, when the bride is sharing with them, their natural tendency is to be like, Hmm, that, mm, well, all I know is she's really great. And that they feel a little defensive toward the bride or they will receive the bride and throw the other under the bus. It's almost like they mm -hmm. think it has to be a one or the other mm -hmm. instead of an understanding of how do we verbalize this to where it's supporting both and, yeah. and keeping your brand up yourself, right. um, which I think is, is super key. So I'm, I'm so excited about your retreat, Nadine, and, and yes, the community of support that you have made for seamstresses that is just super powerful. And Man, if you can, if we can figure out how to find more seamstresses for the yeah. industry, it's yeah. such a need, you know? Yeah. And to just spread the word that it's fun. It is really, really fun. And mm. I, I'd like to get that message across more than like, oh my God, this is so scary. It's like the most stressful job or whatever other amazing rumors they're spreading about bridal sewing. So, okay. Where can listeners learn more about you in the meantime, or maybe can yes. scope out, do you speak bride? If they're like, maybe this is for me, what else does one day have to say? Where can we find you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. On our website, we have all the, the trainings and things that we've got. We have a training that we call uh, one stream, which is basically, it's a streaming service of training, mainly focused on communicating with the bride mm -hmm. in the, in, around the dress. But we have a lot of people who actually follow what we do in other areas of the industry. So again, like I was saying, photographers or venues or officiants or they're, they're, they hear this and they're like, man, that's something also for us. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we tend to, uh, like I'll speak at different conferences that have for all wedding industry as well. I would love to can feature you on one stream side note, by the way, because I feel yeah. like just letting stores and seamstresses know where that community and help is, is super fabulous. We've used you yeah. as from our store when there's a bride that's from out where you are. Oh yeah. One of your, one of your <laughs> seamstresses. In yeah, your one of our members. Like, yeah. <laughs> One of your members, I was like, shout out to Anna. Yes. Anna did fabulous. Our bride was so happy. But yeah, do you speak bride? The website is just that www.dospeakbride.com. And then you can follow us on. I'll follow us on Instagram as well. We do some just fun reels there. Of those kind of are fun, life. and then we see the role playing. Like we see what happens at your in person retreats and how you. Yeah. Okay, get like let's trigger that conversation. What would this look like? So I love yes. those. Like the yeah. The workshops, the workshop workshop that's coming right after your retreat there in Texas in Austin. I hope that all the stores in Texas and surrounding will come to it because the workshops are so powerful Mm -hmm. that they are in person working through these things. You know, you can watch it on a video and that can be helpful, but then you having to do it and have a coach help you know how to communicate it and tweak little things can make the biggest difference in your closing ratio and in truly in your own fulfillment like in your own mm-hmm. satisfaction, which is part of what you're talking about where you keep oh, yeah. joy. I think that's key. So yeah, we'd, we'd love for to help whoever we can. And if they have questions, they can holler anytime. They can DM us. They can shoot an email. And you do respond Wendy to your Wendy. DMs. Like mm-hmm. they respond quickly. So thank you so much, Wendy. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll see you in January. And I'm so excited Amazing. to get this message out. So thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks so much, Nadine. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks, everyone.